My name is Chad Norris. And 20 years ago, I had a nervous breakdown coming off of some pretty high-powered medications, Clonopin, Zoloft, Xanax. I was in the fetal position, literally, on the kitchen floor, and that is when everything changed. It was a couple of weeks later, I was in a counseling session, and Jesus Christ of Nazareth and two angels in an open vision walked up to me. I did not have a grid for this. A lot of people have asked me over the years, what did the Lord look like? He looked like a Middle Eastern man. His hair was down below his shoulders. He had a thin beard, and I have never to this day felt love like that. I've never read anything that made me think of love like that. I was in a room with a counselor. My wife was there with me. His love knocked me out of my chair. One angel was nine feet tall. One was six feet tall. The angel that was nine feet had a sword. Jesus was kind, compassionate. Caught me off guard because what he was wearing looked like something that would cost five or six dollars. And this ex-Baptist didn't really have a grid for this. I graduated from Beeson Divinity School. I was in the academic world and I did not plan on my life being flipped upside down. He saved my life. Jesus told me the same thing twice. He said, I'm your healer, trust me. I'm your healer, trust me. From that day until now, it's been 20 years, I never sought out to be charismatic. I never sought out to be prophetic. Yet here I am. I've seen blind eyes open. I operate on a level of the prophetic that's at a high level. Not because I try to do those things, but because after that encounter, I prayed a prayer. I said, I want to be your best friend. I thought that God was sadistic. I thought he was a taskmaster. I thought he was mean. And I never had a problem with the Lord, but when I saw the Lord that night and his kindness knocked me out of my chair, I realized, wait a minute, this is how the Father is too. All these images flash back in my mind of Jesus forgiving the woman caught in the act of adultery. That's the Father forgiving her. It was the kindness of God that led me on a journey. To this day, I describe that I really felt and feel like Alice in Wonderland in that story where the white rabbit goes past her and she goes down into the hole and keeps discovering what she didn't know. It's like I've entered a world that I didn't even know existed. I mean, you're talking about a person that was so religious. The idea of talking to God and God talking back to you, <laughs> I wouldn't have done that in a million years. And now today I've probably prophesied over 10 people and it's effortless and it's not that big a deal. This is the passion of my life. You don't need to be the great man of God, the great woman of God. You just need to fall in love with the creator of the world. He's the kindest person I've ever met in my life. From fetal position to seeing blind eyes open was six months. So the question I ask is, what in the world changed? We got a couple of options. Either God was uh, schizophrenic or I changed. And I think we know that answer. I began to meditate on deep truths. Uh, I, I have a book coming out right now called Your Mess is Your Message. It's basically allowing God to use your own brokenness to help other people. I bond with God more in settings to where His grace is flowing to low places through my own confession and vulnerability before Him. If we're not careful, we'll create a brand of Christianity where we think only the superstars can minister in the gifts or really know Him on a high level. It's not true. God's not afraid of your brokenness. You may not have a story as dramatic as a nervous breakdown, but you may be in a tight place. And I'm here to tell you, you can ask my wife and the people I do life with, if God can bond with me, He can bond with anyone. There's nothing fancy about me. What I've learned over the years is God is supernatural and He's huge, but He's also normal. You know, it's paradoxical. He props His feet upon a movement at the same time too, He's not afraid to bond with me. The other day I'm reading the story of Zacchaeus and he looks at Zacchaeus and he says, hey, he calls him by his name. I'm coming to your house tonight. I'm still caught off guard all these years later that not only did He love me then, He loves me now. He likes to be a part of my everyday life. You know, we like to teach on the naturally supernatural. I like to teach on the prophetic in ways that are common. 
There are no superstars in God's kingdom. Matter of fact, here's what Paul spent most of his time boasting in, his own weakness. Paul said, I am the chief of sinners. A couple years ago, the Holy Spirit had me have the staff that I lead go to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. And I sat in the back of the room and I wept. And it wasn't because of alcohol. It was because I saw more vulnerability in an AA meeting than I do in most churches. And I'm a lead pastor saying that. So I came back. We took out all the seats out of our church and put in tables and put chairs around those tables. We make people talk to each other now. You know, some people go to church to hide. Why are we doing that? What are we afraid of? What if God's not afraid of my mess? He's not. God is not afraid of our messes. So many of you listening to me, it's like, I don't know. I can't really draw close to God. He's holy. He knows everything about me. Listen, if Satan had a desk in hell, he would have over that desk. His mission statement is to condemn you. It's to make you feel unworthy. It's pretty sad that at Calvary, most of God's kids, and I'm not exaggerating, most, they're not really sure what happened. It's not just an entry into an afterlife with God. It's an entry into his heart now. In John 3, when he's talking to Nicodemus about eternal life, he's not talking about going to heaven. He's talking about this deep intimacy with the Father. God's not afraid of your mess. He's actually inviting you to bring your mess to him. He wants to show you what eternal life is. It's, it's a deep friendship with God. This shows up in, t- in two words, yada in Hebrew, gnosko in Greek. Both words are about deep connection. In Jeremiah 9, it says, if you're going to boast, boast about this, that you know me. Philippians 3, Paul says, I want to know you. The two words know in Hebrew and Greek, it's a picture of this covenant. I I wear this ring. I got married uh, May 24th, 1997. Been married 25 years. This ring is a picture of my relationship with Wendy. We're two, we're one. Yeah, we have our ups and downs and marriage can be hard, but it's commitment and it's closeness and it's union. It's learning to become one. That's a picture of what the Father wants for us. But if we're not careful, though, we'll we'll keep our messes over here. We'll take the shame covering that Adam and Eve did. We'll put the fig leaf stuff around us and we'll say, God, you're just too holy. I can't bond with you. It's not true. That's why I'm so passionate about this book I have coming out. Your mess is your message. You know, maybe you don't need to look for the next superstar minister to give you a word. Maybe you just need to take your own brokenness and just say, Father, I want to bond with you. It's a prayer he always answers. There's one word that I would use to describe the Father of what He yearns for. It's connection. Your brokenness is not as terrifying to Him as perhaps you think. Maybe you're only one thought away of going, you know what, I'm going to take a chance on you, Father. Maybe you're not afraid of my addiction. Matter of fact, I feel like the Father's even showing me right now. Some of you right now are even addicted to pain pills and no one else knows it. God's not afraid of that. Give it to Him. Give Him your brokenness. Throw away the fig leaf and say, Father, I just invite you into my brokenness. Father, I thank you for anyone who's listening to me. I ask that you would draw so close to people in their mess. Bond with them. Give them the courage to share their mess with others to help them. In Jesus' name, amen.